everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode, the ASMR critic makes a triumphant return. And tonight, or today, or this morning, depending on when you're listening to this, we are looking Martin Scorsese right in the face, and we're about to critique some of his films. Um, the ASMR critic, for those of you unfamiliar, is, um, I would say, still relatively a new series, not one that we've explored enough, in my opinion, uh, but basically we take uh, an artist, filmmaker, uh, writer, whatever the craft may be, someone of distinction in their field, and we critique their work, and uh, I think I'm qualified to do this because I'm uh, an anonymous voice with a microphone on the internet, so it seems that today that's all you really need to be able to uh, be an expert. And yes, that is sarcasm. So, um, I haven't seen all of Scorsese's films, uh, but I've seen a few. So, let's jump into it, starting with Casino. A little background for you. Casino is a 1995 American epic crime film, directed by, of course, Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro, Sharon Stone, and Joe Pesci. It is based on the nonfiction book Casino, Love and Horror in Las Vegas by Nicholas Pelleggi, who also co-wrote the screenplay for the film with Scorsese. The two had previously collaborated on Goodfellas. In Casino, De Niro stars as Sam Ace Rothstein, a Jewish-American gambling uh, handicapper who is called by the Chicago uh, outfit to oversee the day-to-day operations at the Tangiers Casino in Las Vegas. His character is based on Frank Rosenthal, who ran the Stardust, Fremont, and Haciendo Casinos in Las Vegas for the Chicago outfit from the 70s until the early 80s. Um, yeah, and then a couple more. Well, I, I, I should finish it because maybe you haven't seen Casino. Uh, let's see. Pesci plays Nicholas Nicky Santoro, based on real-life mob enforcer Anthony Spilotro a made man who could give Ace the protection he needed. Nikki is sent to Vegas to make sure that money from the Tangiers is skimmed off the top and the mobsters in Las Vegas uh, are kept in line. Sharon Stone plays Ginger McKenna, Ace's scheming, self-absorbed wife based on Jerry McGee. Casino was released on November 22, 1995 to a mostly positive critical response and was a box office success. Stone's performance was widely praised, earning her a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Drama, and a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actress. As I take a sip of tea. So what can I say about uh, Casino, other than it is an absolute classic film? Um... So I know that originally the film was very heavily criticized for its intense violence. Uh, the very first th- scene, it might be the first, could be the second. It opens with a, a car bombing and you see 
De Niro um, flying from it, and then it sets it up to explain how he gets to this point. I think it's a very effective framing tool, something uh, to really catch the attention of the viewer and get them to start asking questions right away. Um, I think a lot of films, it's like very uh, attractive nowadays, sort of slow burn and, you know, try to try to get you interested in a film just through like this kind of slow beginning. But I think when you're able to really open with a bang, in this case, literally, I think it just kind of draws in uh, the viewer a little bit more just to start. So uh, what I do like about Casino, unlike some of the other mafia gangster films is it's very mindful about telling a story uh it's not just about the um one unfolding in front of you but also the one but also it's like a um it, it basically tells you a story of how a place like vegas uh breeds and incubates uh this kind of crime and it's unforgiving and uh, Vegas is sort of the main character that doesn't have any lines, but sometimes action speaks louder than words, and so it's, again, the perfect place that breeds this kind of behavior, and it'll always be that way. You know, it's a place that breaks the rules, and I think Scorsese nails it on all fronts with the storytelling and the framing of Vegas in that sense, and um, it's just an excellent uh, take on a mafia film that doesn't really just rely on slick one-liners and heavy action and so for that I give Casino uh, an 8 out of 10 up next we have Aviator The Aviator is a 2004 American epic biographical drama film directed by Martin Scorsese and written by John Logan. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio as Howard Hughes, Kate Blanchett as Katherine Hepburn, and Kate Beckinsale as Ava Gardner. The supporting cast features Ian Holm, John C. Riley, Alec Baldwin, Jude Law as Errol Flynn, Gwen Stefani as Jean Harlow, Kelly Garner as Faith Domerk, Matt Ross, William Defoe, Alan Alda, and Edward Herman. Based on the 1993 nonfiction book Howard Hughes' The Secret Life by Charles Higgum, the film depicts the life of Howard Hughes, an aviation pioneer and director of Hell's Angels. The film portrays his life from 1927 to 1947, during which time Hughes became a successful film producer and an aviation magnate, while simultaneously growing more unstable due to severe obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. The Aviator was released in the U.S. on December 25th, 2004. Uh, do people really go to the movies on Christmas Day? It's, it's a very genuine question. Do you go to the movies on Christmas Day? Because I've never gone to a movie on Christmas Day, but it seems to be a very popular um, day for movies to be released. And I guess I can kind of understand it, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you open presents or you 
you have breakfast with family and then, you know, you have kind of the afternoon and then maybe you regroup and, you know, for dinner in order to kind of cap off Christmas Day. But I don't know. Either way, just curious. I'm not criticizing it. I think it's just one of those things that uh, I'm sure for some of you out there, it's like, yeah, every year we go to see a film on Christmas. And then for my family, it was just, we didn't even really think about it. We, it's not like we're opposed to the idea. We just, it was never something that came up in conversation. So, but either way, the film grossed uh, $214 million at the box office. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actor in a Leading Role, um, in this case for DiCaprio, and Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Alda, winning five. And uh, it won uh, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Costume Design, Best Art Direction, and Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Kate Blanchett. So, I saw Aviator a while ago. I have not seen it since, I believe, the second time I saw the film. And uh, we're talking about maybe 10 years at this point. Now, I didn't love it. I definitely can. And certainly will show some appreciation for some of Scorsese's magic. In particular, I think his ability to work on a sort of period piece. And I think few directors are as good as Scorsese as putting you, you know, as a viewer, into a setting. And becoming so enthralled with that, with what you're watching, that you almost feel like you are there. You know, it feels like this is a moment in history that is truly happening before your eyes. It's not just a movie, it's something beyond that. And I think he is um, just so exceptional at doing that. You know, it's one of the reasons why you go watch a film. It's because you want to escape into this world of fantasy for a brief moment in history. And if, if you're not totally convinced about what you're watching it just ruins the entire experience so again um, exceptional by Scorsese there I think the acting is quite good as is predictable you know the film stars Leo DiCaprio you have Kate Blanchett, Kate Beckinsale so you know a couple of powerhouse uh, you know actors that are just so fantastic again I haven't seen the film in a while I don't really know how it holds up today. I will say upon reflection and my viewing from, again, probably 10 years ago, I do remember thinking the special effects were quite spectacular. I remember one scene in particular where uh, Leo DiCaprio crashes a plane or he breaks a wing, and uh, the whole sequence is very convincing, CGI or not. Um... I will also say that what I can appreciate about the film is this progressive sense of darkness that our protagonist begins to emanate, to radiate. It's like we see him as this ultra-rich man, can have any woman, buys planes, 
total rock star celebrity kind of character, and yet he has these really dark flaws that seem to get worse over the course of the film, and he kind of just has a worsening state as the film goes on. So, you know, again, I don't remember loving The Aviator. I don't think at the time it was one of my favorites or anything like that, but I can appreciate multiple things about Scorsese's mastery of filmmaking, so I'm going to give Aviator a 7 out of 10. Next film up is The Departed. The Departed is a 2006 American crime thriller film directed by Martin Scorsese and written by William Monaghan. It is a remake of the 2002 Hong Kong film Internal Affairs. The film stars Leo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, and Mark Wahlberg with Martin Sheen, Ray Winstone, Vera Farmiga, Anthony Anderson, and Alec Baldwin in supporting roles. The film takes place in Boston. Irish mob Bob Francis Frank Costello, played by Nicholson, plans Colin Sullivan, Matt Damon, as a mole within the Massachusetts State Police. Simultaneously, the police assign undercover state trooper William Billy Costigan DiCaprio to infiltrate Costello's crew. When both sides realize the situation, Sullivan and Costigan each attempt to discover the other's identity before they are found out. The character of Colin Sullivan is loosely based on corrupt FBI agent John Connolly, while the character of Frank Costello is based on gangster Whitey Bulger. The Departed was a critical and commercial success and won several awards, including four Oscars at the 79th Academy Awards for Best Picture, Director, Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Mark Wahlberg was also nominated for Best Supporting Actor my critique um, I really love The Departed I think it is a movie with as much suspense as there is quality acting I think Scorsese's ability to almost have a viewer inside of Leo DiCaprio's head during all the stress is phenomenal I think the story itself is quite well played out on screen uh, Jack Nicholson definitely my favorite character I think Nicholson doing serious, smooth-talking, confident villain is really just a match made in heaven. I really think so. Um, you know, I'm surprised that Mark Wahlberg, you know, Wahlberg was fine. I mean, I don't think he was necessarily the best supporting actor or anything like that, but, you know, it's definitely a good role for him. It suits him well. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 91%, based on 272 reviews. And uh, the website's critical consensus reads, Featuring outstanding work from an excellent cast, The Departed is a thoroughly engrossing gangster drama with the gritty authenticity and soupy morality we come to expect from Martin Scorsese. So... Um, and I think that pretty much encapsulates what's so good about the, the film, all those different points. So I'm going to give The Departed a 9 out of 10 for direction, storytelling, acting, and overall good writing, in my opinion.
Up next, we have the 2016 film, Silence. Silence is a 2016 historical period drama film directed by Martin Scorsese and with a screenplay by Jay Cox and Scorsese based on the 1966 novel of the same name by Shusaku Endu. Set in Nagasaki, Japan, the film was shot entirely in Taiwan using studios in Taipei and Taichung and locations in Huailen County. The film stars Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, Liam Neeson, Tadambo Asano, and Kiaran Hins. The plot follows two 17th century Jesuit priests who have traveled from Portugal to Edo-era Japan via Macau to locate their missing mentor and spread Catholic Christianity. The story set in a time when it was common for the faith's Japanese adherents, then called Kakure Christian, to hide from persecution which resulted from the suppression of Christianity in Japan during the Shimbara Rebellion against the Tokuwaka Shogunate. The pre-production phase of the filmmaking for Silence went through a cycle of over two decades of setbacks and reassessments. After filming The Wolf of Wall Street, concluded in January 2013, Scorsese committed to following it up with Silence. So, let's see here. A longtime passion project for Scorsese, which he had developed for over 25 years, the film premiered in Rome on November 29, 2016, and was released in the U.S. on December 23rd of that same year. Although a box office failure, it received positive critical response with both the National Board of Review and American Film Institute, selecting Silence as one of their top ten films of the year. So, what did I think of Silence? I thought it was visually striking uh, and a very competent film for uh, Scorsese, which is obvious. I would say very poor rewatchability, and really, in my opinion, it's not the kind of film that you're going to watch when it's on HBO or AMC or, or whatever, Netflix. The runtime is very long, at 2 hours 41 minutes. I thought Andrew Garfield was very good, as was Adam Driver, and I thought they were very convincing in the roles. This is the sort of antithesis of what something like Wolf of Wall Street is. Um, in the sense that it's not about flashy storytelling, big fights, planes swirling about to crash. It's none of that. It's a film. Oh, sorry, I thought my uh, thought a car outside just exploded. Hope, hope that didn't come out. I'm the uh, I'm being facetious. It was just like a really loud. Uh, some guy's revving his engine outside. True story. I was a 16 year old kid in the neighborhood. His parents decided to get him a Mustang GT. So what do you think the kid does? the entire day yeah he just revs it I don't know why they did that I don't know what they were thinking but either way it's a nice car uh, where did I where was I by oh um, yeah it's so it's basically the antithesis of something like Wolf of Wall Street and uh, it's a film that focuses on on the faith that individuals hold and how their belief in their faith helps them to overcome these challenges and so, simply based on that premise, you know it's not going to be a film about, it's not going to be like, again, it's not going to be The Wolf of Wall Street, it's not going to be a big short, it's not going to be any of that. 
for me, this is more akin to poetry than it is to a Hollywood feature film. And it's clear that Scorsese did treat this as a passion project. And again, it's got beautiful cinematography. It's a film that works on uh, or relies on subtle, often unspoken nature of life and the scenes that make a lasting impact on the viewer are those that it's not about the dialogue or the action. It's about the context and the body language. So again, I think it's very competent. I wouldn't rewatch it. And uh, it's a little bit too long, I think, for what it is, but overall competent. So I'll give Silence a 7 out of 10. Up next, we have Wolf of Wall Street. The Wolf of Wall Street is a 2013 American biographical black comedy crime film directed by Scorsese and written by Terrence Winter, based on the memoir of the same name by Jordan Belfort. It recounts Belfort's perspective on his career as a stockbroker in New York City and how his firm, Stratton Oakmont, engaged in rampant corruption corruption and fraud on Wall Street, which ultimately led to his downfall. Leonardo DiCaprio, who was also producer on the film, stars as Belfort, with Jordan, with, I was about to say, call him Jordan Hill, with Jonah Hill as his business partner and friend, Donnie Azoff. Mar- Margot Robbie as uh, his business, excuse me, as his wife, Naomi, um, and Kyle Chandler as the FBI agent, Patrick Denham. So, um, The Wolf of Wall Street premiered in New York City on December 17th, 2013, and was released in the U.S. on Christmas, speaking of Christmas Day films. So, the film received mostly positive reviews from critics, with praise for Scorsese's direction, uh, the comedic performance of DiCaprio, and the fast-paced and consistent humor. So, my critique on The Wolf of Wall Street... Perhaps predictably, um, I loved The Wolf of Wall Street. I love Leo DiCaprio and these kind of crazy, very eccentric characters. It's the same way I think he um, excelled at playing uh, the slave owner in Django, the same way I think he was excellent in Shutter Island, um, the next film on this list. And for me, the role of Jordan Belfort is perfect for him. You know, I think he is so good at being subtle and not overreacting and not overacting and then you know for one it really when he really needs to go into this crazy theatrical kind of performance he's able to do it with a heightened sense of fun and exaggeration without without entering like Nick Cage territory where it's like okay this guy's just a little too much so it all works really well Leo DiCaprio fantastic Margot Robbie uh, really a true revelation in this film I think Margot Robbie is fantastic in multiple roles um, you know she was great in Itania she was great in um, there's another movie I'm thinking of on top of my head that I uh, goodness that I can't uh, place a, the title of it but either way um, and for an Australian actress to be able to get that accent and have that kind of aura and presence. I think she is, she's electric in this film. I think she is so great. And uh, 
I think above all else, the film is just great fun. I think it's loud, it's funny, it's really out there, and I think it's exactly what Scorsese intended, because uh, it seems that Life of Belfort was something almost out of a movie. And uh, in some scenes in the film, it feels like, you know, like we are watching a film, which is to say it's outlandish, crazy, fun, eccentric, hectic. And uh, it works. It really does. So I'm going to give The Wolf of Wall Street an 8 out of 10. And then up next we have the final film that we'll be critiquing on this episode, which is Shutter Island. Shutter Island is a 2010 American neo-noir psychological horror thriller film directed by Scorsese and written by Leita Kalogridis. Based on Dennis Lee Haynes' 2003 novel of the same name. Leonardo DiCaprio stars as U.S. Marshal Edward Teddy Daniels, who is investigating a psychiatric facility on Shutter Island after one of the patients goes missing. Mark Ruffalo places partner officer Ben Kingsley as the facility's lead psychiatrist, Max von Sido. I uh, didn't see the punctuation there. Ben Kingsley plays the facility's lead psychiatrist, while Max von Sido is a German doctor, and Michelle Williams is Danielle's, Daniel's wife. Released on February 19th, 2010, the film received generally favorable reviews from critics, was chosen by National Board of Review as one of the top 10 films of 2010, and grossed over $294 million worldwide. Okay, so I will just come out and say it. Um, Shutter Island may very well be my favorite film of all time. I love, love, love Shutter Island. It is perfection, in my opinion. It is fantastic writing, even though there are definitely some cheesy lines here and there. Um, overall, I think fantastic writing, great acting, great concept, beautiful location and cinematography. Again, Scorsese is so good at having you as a viewer believe what you're seeing. You know, I, I can believe that I was in a different time on this remote island that really does exist exploring this penitentiary it's just fantastic and the score and music adds to the experience and um, I'm a little partial because I enjoy these kind of mystery thrillers I think it uh, combines the best of both worlds but again I think everything about Shutter Island is so good um the storytelling, the opening scene when you're on the ferry on the way to the island, and the musical score gives you a sense of impending doom, and the payoff at the end is just so good. Um, for me, what's interesting is Shutter Island doesn't rank as high as other films according to critics. So, for example, Rotten Tomatoes gives a film an approval rating of 68%, based on 247 reviews. And, uh, so, and an average rating of 6.6. The site's critical consensus reads, It may not rank with Scorsese's best work, but Shutter Island gleefully unapologetic genre th 
thrills represent the director at his most unrestrained. So, you know, it's just interesting to, uh, to read, although uh, Roger Ebert uh, wrote, the movies about atmosphere, ominous portents, uh, the erosion of Teddy's confidence and even his identity, it's all done with flawless directorial command. Scorsese has fear to evoke, and he does it with many notes. I think it's a simple concept that has played out exceptionally well on screen. Great fun, and I love this film. And for that, I give Shutter Island a 10 out of 10. So what do you guys think? How would you rate these films? Um, if you have any questions, comments, if you want to give me your version of the ratings, I would be totally happy to read it and start a, a, a dialogue back and forth about it. You can always email me by sending a message to hello sleepandrelaxasmr.com. You can also make a suggestion for which artist or filmmaker or writer you'd like me to uh, paint or for that matter, you'd like me to critique next. But that's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and take care.